2: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
0: Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Coming to you live From Texas. (laughs) World Series (laughs) champions. (laughs) Gary and I are the biggest. Texas Rangers fans ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just get the Texas Rangers. <laughs> hey, you don't go to every game every summer, every all day in the heat and everything. Well, there's no heat anymore. Yeah, that's right. I know. <laughs> it's like, they had to build two extra stadiums to get it right. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. What you're missing is, it's 120 different. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, Okay. Congratulations mm-hmm. to the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I really congratulate
1: First ever. It was one of those uh, days yesterday. I, I slept really good in the morning, and then yeah. uh, I went to the dentist. And for some reason, and I didn't get any, you know, no gas or anything. It's just yeah. regular teeth cleaning, whatever. Right. But for some reason, whenever I have to go to the dentist or the doctor, I come home and I'm exhausted. And about 4.30, yeah. I went to sleep, and I woke up at 6.30, and I couldn't yeah. get back to sleep, so I actually yeah. watched a lot of the baseball game um Oh and okay. uh and and so uh I mean I don't think it's ever going to be broken well every record is broken eventually but uh they the thing that was really fascinating and I'm not really I've talked about this before uh I the first this was the second baseball game that I watched and I didn't watch it in its entirety cuz I took a couple of naps in between I did take a yeah. couple of half hour naps yeah yeah uh, but uh it was really only the second baseball game I watched all year when my brother was in town mm-hmm. we watched them uh in an, in an earlier round uh, but uh, uh 11, 11 wins in a row in the playoffs
0: on, on the the road, road on yeah, the that, road
1: that's crazy and and so and the the other thing I thought with everything going on with everything going on the insanity in the
0: world sports really is an escape you know that's a great point um it I, sports hasn't necessarily been the escape it's been the opposite of in recent years you know everything going on in the nfl yeah. and all that mm-hmm. stuff so it 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 got to where it, okay it's you can't escape you know it, the agenda is everywhere in the whole thing and um that kind of worked its way into professional sports on almost every level mm-hmm. but but by comparison with every with all the madness going on yeah that would be a, definitely be a great escape i i mm-hmm. didn't get to watch any baseball i i I wouldn't, I'm not the kind of person that will watch baseball on TV, but I will, I love going to a baseball park. I love going to, especially night games for whatever reason. I just love going and watching baseball at a park that to me is, is always enjoyable. But, uh, I, it's interesting that I was thinking about different forms of entertainment and I thought. You know, they need to capitalize on it now because everything is so over-the-top crazy. Whatever it might be, a Tom Cruise movie, baseball games, whatever, uh, will be an escape that people are going to definitely be drawn to.
1: Yeah, so, uh, again, and I've said it many times before, I I just, over the last few years, and and maybe it did start in 2020 with everything that happened. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's more than that. I've just found other things to uh, to do, but I did realize just the last couple of weeks have been so incredibly insane. I mean the the whole the the whole anti semitism that we've seen ar- around the world and here in the United yeah. States right yeah. now, and and more insanity going on uh, yesterday here from from our leaders that we'll mm. get to in a little bit. Uh, it has it has gotten to the point by the time we get to Friday uh, of every week, you know I'm. In a way, I, it, a few times I've had to apologize. Just going, sorry, I'm just completely fried by all of this because no, it's I, just. I actually because, said that to my wife the other yeah, day. It it's, just,
0: it, it's, it
1: really is tiring. Yeah, yeah. and and it, I, I'm not. I want to make this clear. I'm not like those uh, supposed conservative talk show hosts that uh, you know after uh, 2016 said I'm quitting because it's getting. I have no intention of quitting. I'm just talking about the fa- and I love the job and I love coming in today. Yeah, and I love coming in every day, even when the insanity is out there, you know, to promote what the truth is. Yeah. And and so, right. you know, that it doesn't, but it just, it just, uh, it just builds up because it's just so insane. And I know just when I, when I was on vacation and watched it with my brother, I went, that was really cool. We watched an yeah. entire game and yeah. I watched probably yeah. about, oh, I'm maybe six of the innings uh, yesterday because I kept falling asleep and waking up mm. and I went, this is really enjoyable now I'll say this: the one thing that I've learned is if I'm a real sports fan of that particular team, yeah, I can't watch sports alone anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I just can't. You know, if it's my team, I just it's too, if somebody else is with me, I can watch it. Yeah, but if right. to watch it alone, I get too fidgety. I just can't do it. But I was just thinking, you know, at times sports can be a a great great escape. Now, this World Series not for the majority of uh, Americans. I don't know what it's going to be uh for last night's uh ratings, but I saw the ratings horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're talking just a little over 8 million people yeah. in the United States watching a World Series. Yeah. I mean, the lowest you can get, you could get the the uh, I'm I'm trying to think you could get let me well, let me pick the two smallest markets. You could take it could be Buffalo at Green Bay, and you'd mm-hmm. still get 150 million total people turning into an NFL game. Right, the, the Super Bowl, for example. Right. Right. Now it's only one game. Mm-hmm. I will admit that, but the uh, you know for it just it just shows you that you know where baseball was. Just think about where baseball was. You know, uh, 80 years ago, and yeah. know, and, and right. when it was. I mean, it was the it was the sport. But again, there's there's uh you know the the uh, the uh, peaks and the and the valleys well, you in, know, in in any society as to yeah. you know what sport they watch over a period of time but that doesn't mean a, I, I just as i said i can't watch baseball during the year cuz i just don't care about game number 71 but when you got that
0: that's i think that's the 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 part i you know yeah. you've got to be a diehard baseball fan to be following
1: right Nah, you know that close now nah, if I met, if I go out to a baseball game in the summertime yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. like okay here are my options the TV's there I've got a million options is it going to be baseball in the middle
0: of the year no yeah,
1: right uh and I really never grew up with a favorite baseball team
0: right you know I right. never I never did yeah because my- growing up in in uh in South Texas everything was about the Astros and you know it's most people down there just anecdotally Most people down there were, were fans of the Astros. So, uh, but I didn't, it wasn't, I played baseball as a kid. My brother, um, uh, one of my brothers is, was an incredible pitcher. I'll I'll never forget the night that the uh, Del Rio News Herald showed up to do a story on him uh, at a game that he was at. And it was, it was pretty cool. Um, But he was an incredible pitcher. I was a, a decent outfielder. As long as no one was batting well, <laughs> I was an incredible and you look, outfielder.
1: And you look marvelous oh, standing yeah. out there in the outfield. You must
0: look. My, my coach, <laughs> all right, hot shot, stay awake. That's. You know, it, but it was, and I loved it, and I loved going they, to games. Did they put you in right field? Or were you in right? Field? Uh, you, you, no, actually, I was in left field. Wow! All yeah. right, we're
1: a lot of the okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I was in left field.
1: Well, for for me, I I did. You know, last night, for example, I went. Okay, the people that have said this before, I get it because it got to the. It was the the bottom of the. It was the bottom of the the ninth. Yeah. Now, really, I mean, I don't. I really didn't care. I mean, I wouldn't have lost any sleep you know, if if the Rangers won the World Series or whatever. I was yeah, happy because yeah. I know so many people that are Ranger no, fans. I love it for the fans. For, for yeah. example, yeah, the, and, yeah. And I live here, and so, yeah, you can feel that excitement uh, uh, for them. But baseball just isn't my thing. But it was the bottom of the ninth. The Rangers are up 5 nothing. Yeah. And it's still incredible tension because baseball is different than football. Yeah. It's different than basketball, and it's exactly. different than hockey. And right. that the fact that, you know, you can be up, you know, if if you're up three nothing, mm-hmm. and the other team has, uh, you know, uh, five seconds left on the clock, mm-hmm. and they're at their five yard line, mm-hmm. well, you're fine. Yeah. You know, they're not gonna, they're not, you know, they're not gonna be able to win, mm-hmm. and unless it's you know the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Buffalo Bills with 13 seconds left a couple <laughs> of years ago, but <laughs> there's yeah. always the exception to the rule, and it's yeah. always a team that I root for. Yeah. Uh, but and but t- that you know there is no time. As long as you can keep hitting, it doesn't matter. No, time isn't a part of it like it is in the NBA. You know, I was it happened to just go down. I was looking at the sports scores, and I'm like, and I'm just, and as I was watching that ninth inning, just looking at different stuff, and I'm like, okay, there's a team that's up, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the NBA. It was like uh, I think it was the Mavericks were up ninety nine to ninety uh, against Chicago against the the Bulls, yeah. and it was like. Thirty-five seconds left. Well, they're going to yeah. win. Yeah, because there's a time thing. Well, in baseball, there isn't that. There's no. There's no time. Right. It's yeah. just you've got to get them out. And it was amazing in a five nothing game where the odds are probably in a five nothing game at the bottom of the ninth. The odds are probably if you look at uh, baseball in general, has to be ninety five to ninety nine percent chance yeah. of winning that game. Right. 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 Doesn't matter. It didn't matter whether it was one nothing or five nothing. It was still like, oh my gosh, can they pull it off? Oh, they right. got another strike. They got it. right. And to me, it's that kind of tension between the pitcher and the batter that makes you know baseball unique and yeah. it makes it a fascinating sport.
0: But well, again, you, there's it, just too many games. Yeah. Uh, the, the time thing, you know, the fact yeah. that you're not watching a clock and and everything's coming down to the wire. Uh, that's that's a big deal. But I, I really do love it for the fans. Our production staff, both of the guys, are huge fans. Of Texas Rangers. And oh. before the, in the pre-show meeting, they went outside to set mine and yours cars on fire <laughs> and I said, guys, wow, I guess you really love baseball. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what happened in baseball? We do, what, what we didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Of all, all my, my, a lot of my friends in, in uh, that, that I know in Texas, my close friends mm-hmm. are just huge baseball fans in basically a football city.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is a football yeah. city. Yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, I was just amazed when I saw the the numbers, the ratings. I mean, it was like 8.1 million. I mean, it was it was the lowest. I forgot the first game. I think was the lowest ever, and that's the, like the cable
0: TV ratings. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was when you think about it. It's just, you know like, wow. for
0: a World Series. Yep, uh, not good. Not but
1: good. again, you know, it's uh, I look at you know you you look at traditional baseball markets where baseball is huge. Yeah. And you look at New York, Boston, Chicago, that's, that's Philly it.
0: right there. You know, that's that's ma- it. Right maybe
1: there. you can say a couple of the West Coast teams, maybe mm. San Francisco, L.A., whatever. Mm. But, you know, where where it's the, the passion. And I don't know about I don't know about Arizona. I, I can't yeah. you know Arizona to me. I don't know how popular it is there. What the sport of Arizona. But I grew up in the Northeast. And when I was young, you know, the baseball centers were. Those big major Northeast cities, right? And yeah. and and you really look at it, you know, from the the fifties on. I mean, you think about it. Before the fifties, there really were no West Coast teams. Mm. Baseball was really a Midwest, East Coast, yeah. you know, dominated sport. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, congrats to the uh, the the uh, uh, the the Rangers. Uh, heck of a series. And like I said, what impresses me is when you think about it: eleven road victories in a row. Yeah. That may never happen. I think yeah. the, the record is eight. Mm. Wow. And you're just like, okay, that's sort of a Wayne Gretzky kind of thing. Will anybody yeah, you ever right. break Wayne Gretzky's numbers? You're like, 11 is a huge, huge number. So mm. congrats to them. It took my mind off the idiocy that we had to deal with yesterday just for a couple of moments, and that was refreshing. Yeah, was
0: no, like, that's, wow, great. That's, that's great. That's great. It's just refreshing. to. Then you get to go to work and, and focus only on that. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's wow. it is it is insane, and I was actually saying to my wife the other day. I said, you know, right now it's especially exhausting because it is disheartening, uh, to say the least. It is absolutely disgusting to see the anti-Semitism that's going on right now, and seeing people openly and proudly promote their bigotry and hatred, and it is very very in your face and they they're not hiding it or anything and it's it's so out there that that you know it's just you you, you really can't get away with it, get 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 away from it you can't if you're on social media and following the stories you're seeing it everywhere
1: well you know it, it you can tell that the administration is feeling it that they're losing the left yeah. Uh, on this yesterday. You yeah. Know, with. uh, yeah. You know, they d- By the way, did they did they throw um, uh, the vice president out there to mm. announce the uh, anti Islamophobia? Program mm. now that the White House is going to institute. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what a time to 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 throw that out there. I'm like, wow. Did they throw her out there to actually lead with that? Because they go, all right, let's just make her let, let's her do let her do it. But you know you've heard it you know and, and you've had the members of the squad you're going to lose a muslim vote well you're going to lose a muslim vote then that is advocating genocide right i mean that's the reality of it if right. that's if that's that muslim and i think it's was it talib or omar there's a muslim candidate that wants to primary against her that's absolutely against what happened yeah and just said we don't need people like that so it's going to be right. interesting to see what happens there right. but you know, and then you had uh, a woman stand up and say, you know, cease fire, cease fire. And he goes, well, well we're all for humanitarian pause, which is basically mm. uh, cease fire light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. And, and and on the same day that the head of Hamas is saying October 7th now, October 7th tomorrow, October 7th next week, right. October 7th forever. Eliminate Israel off the face of the earth. Stop the occupation, not of Gaza, of Israel. That right. Israel must be completely... And totally eliminated as our political leaders look like complete and total idiots and anti-Semites. Yep. Oh, okay. I'll say anti-Semite light because they're not directly saying it, but the message is clear.
0: The radicals are in charge of the Democratic Party. They have been. We talked about it this week. It's no, it is no surprise that it's going this direction. And again, it makes me wonder what the convention in Chicago for the Democrats is going to look like next summer. We got a great show ahead. Eight six six ninety Red Eye.
3: This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hot Shot Secret, the country's number one fastest-growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like CTA number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's lubricity. Diesel fuel in the United States must have enough lubricity so the fuel does not produce a wear scar greater than 520 microns. Without the proper lubricity, you run the risk of fuel pump and injector failures. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep lubricity levels in spec, to keep the fuel system protected and avoid costly repairs and downtime. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep your fuel's lubricity within specification of U.S. standards, and the Engine Manufacturers Association's recommendation for lubricity to keep your fuel system protected. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at hotshotsecret.com.
2: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But, man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find
3: It's Hot
1: Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up on the uh, show today, uh, the the uh, Comer coming out yesterday, we'll, we'll go through uh, the money that was laundered, that was given to Joe Biden from the Chinese that came out yesterday. And we'll specifically look at that. We're not just going to throw one side at you. We will tell you what the defense is from the White House and yeah. Democrats. Yeah. And you can say whether it makes any sense when you actually analyze it or whether it is actually an excuse. Uh, We'll tell you about the the, uh, wind power company that cancels a huge New Jersey offshore wind power project despite $1 billion in your taxpayer dollars going towards it. Why? Hmm?
0: They realize we can't make money doing it. Even with that money, they can't make money.
1: Can't, uh, Can't make money. And we will introduce you. Uh, To John McCain 2.0 of the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah. After we found out what he did a couple of weeks ago and yep. now what he is proposing now. And to me, it's the biggest danger inside the Republican Party right now. Yeah. And people point. are going to be surprised when we tell you who it is. You're going to go, oh, but I like him. Mm.
2: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just off, just something that you and I've been been talking about off the air, and it's just you know we we just got into a discussion about uh, you know uh, people working and the labor force situation, and I asked you a question, you know, just because you know uh, uh, you know people that we know that are in completely different businesses than we are. And I looked at you and I said, do you think because of the labor situation in the United States that more companies are going to attempt to retain employees by offering them contracts?
0: Yeah. Because that's know, some, it it's something in our question. Business. It was a great question because when you look right now at this, you know, uh, someone phrased it as permanent low unemployment. Um. There are many jobs for especially for those with experience uh, and you know whatever training and and and, and school uh, and education all of that combined there are you kind of have your pick depending uh, you know on in what field you're in but if you're in that situation, employers have to be because they're still going back and forth on the work from home not work from home thing that's still a thing but companies need the the strongest people that they can find the most effective people they can find in each role they need to maximize that because you know they it, between the quiet quitters I don't know where they' where the next generation of experienced pros are going to come from. You know, when you look at the fact that generations behind ours are saying, you know what? I don't want to do this. You know, uh, eight to five is going to be it, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to put in the extra work. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to live my life. Well, the fact of the matter is is that all businesses, all industry, requires those that go just a little bit more, or. That are extremely efficient and productive uh, right. in, as, as individuals. Yeah. And in, when you find those people, I could see where a lot of companies are going to offer contracts. You're going to have to, you know, sweeten the deal in hiring them on and make it worth signing a contract. But they could be – I think that could be more of a practice going forward, sure.
1: Right, And and, and I don't mean a contract that would, okay, you're going to work here – you've got to sign a contract and it's all on our terms. Right. I don't mean it from the negative point that and you must agree that you can't, you know, the non-compete clauses. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. I mean something that you come in and we'd like to we'd like to sign you to a contract where you've got certain guarantees yeah. that are in writing for a particular for a for a particular time. Now, we we understand that because for years you know you and I in radio you know you have contracts yeah and and when you become when you become more valuable you start getting guarantees in those contracts
0: mm-hmm. well you know, even the non competes have actually started building those in and that i, I don't know if they're going to you know which is technically becomes a contract but it's it it falls under the traditional non compete but companies are sweetening the deal on even non-competes right now. So it may already be happening in in that way. I mean, that's been going on uh, that I'm aware of. That's been going on for a few years at least. I'm aware of it anecdotally over the last seven or eight years.
1: And so when you become more valuable, for example, or or the perception is you're more valuable. (laughs) Yeah, <clears throat> if management are fools and buy into that, mm-hmm. uh, no. Yeah. But you you offer, for example, we offer something that's unique. Mm-hmm. Nobody can be me, nobody can be you, and nobody mm-hmm. can be me and you together. And so, mm-hmm. if you have some success, unless you know,
0: AI, you know, gets to that
1: point, exactly. Well, then, <laughs> <laughs> well then, that's copyright infringement on me, and I'm going after them. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I want to be. They can use. Hey, they can they can use AI as long as I get compensated. That's right. This is not really Gary McNamara. Yeah,
0: you get residuals,
1: but we get. But but, but I'm sitting home going. That guy sucks.
0: Yeah.
1: He's completely wrong on that. Oh, wait a minute. That's me. Well, it's, oh, the algorithm must have not worked out correctly because I would never hold that opinion. Yeah. A
0: buddy of mine said, hey, what do you think of the president signing the AI thing? I said, was it the president that signed it?
1: <laughs> so I, But when you look at how valuable many more employees have become key to the success of of the business, because if you've got the quiet quitters out there, you have the other people that are because you don't hear as much from the people that are saying, all right, that person's lazy, that person's lazy. And and I talk about it from the mentality of uh, that you had and I had that's never changed in the business. It didn't matter what job I had. I always worked my butt off at it because I figured it would be advantageous to me, even if I wasn't rewarded in that particular job, that experience. Would pay off later on down the road, right? And I've never changed that, even if the reward didn't come when I wanted it to come. Right. It still never changed the way that I what I think. I think of the young people that I know, some of them who I've mentored, not in this business though, just generally uh, in in life, mm-hmm. and the success that they are having. And I'm looking at the success that they're having, and 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 I'm saying to myself, "Gosh, they're so incredibly valuable to the company." You know, will they, will people like that be offered contracts, you know, with guarantees, which means guaranteed contracts for? a period of a, a year, and mm-hmm. not from the negative point of view, because there will be some companies that will, okay, we're going to lose the employees, so we need to sign them to a non-compete, mm-hmm. and we need to force them to sign a deal. Mm-hmm. Well, you might be able to do that back when the labor market wasn't tight.
0: I think that's why they have had to sweeten, in, in recent years especially, they've had to sweeten those non-competes, which technically turns them, in, I guess, into a contract. But they come with uh, a built-in exit plan, which basically is saying, you know here's what you're guaranteed if something happens and and we eliminate this position we let you go unless you're fired for cause this is what you know this is how it will go and i i honestly believe that that is because what what they're also doing and 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 it's this is very interesting they're reevaluating all the time now of what individuals and or what roles within the company are most effective and you can see that on the retail level they the, the retail has retails always done that but when you when you're talking about business when you're talking about you know working in an office you know you have to be you have to be able to measure that and mm-hmm. that's where actually uh, accounting, loss prevention, they kind of, uh, all right, here's where, here are the departments that don't produce, and there are plenty, and and here are individuals that aren't effective in their roles. Now so there are always going to be cash drains on, on, on companies. Um, you know, HR and payroll, it's a necessary function. It's about compliance. I would argue that HR and payroll actually is, as long as you've got good people in there, keep you from paying fines, and all of that. So that is productive in a preventive way. But it is, I think, long-term. Business really doesn't have a choice but to lock in in some way. It's not just about attracting the talent. You're going to have to lock it in. And and I don't know how effective they'll be at doing
1: it. And this wasn't relating to any story that I saw on this. We didn't see a story that was... We just got into a discussion that was just in, in as we do, <laughs> yeah. just get off the general current event topics. Mm-hmm. But it is a current event topic in a way. It is a, It's, yeah, it, it's right. about, you know, what's going on in the economy and the labor market right now. And we just got into that discussion off the air. And all of a sudden we're on the air and I went, let's continue this. Because it was just, it was interesting because I just wonder. And I was looking, for example, in the service industry. If you've got a big restaurant, you've got a manager that you know has produced Mm-hmm. You know, for five years, let's say, for right, example, right. And you look at that manager, and you say, "Well, here she's great." Mm-hmm. You know, and in this time, they've been able to get. They've been able to get. They have that personality. Mm-hmm. They have those management skills and the personality to you know to get servers in here. Mm-hmm. And he they he gets good people, and the we you know and and the reviews on Yelp and everything else are great. We got to lock that person in. Yeah, because that person and. And when you, when you look at many organizations out there, I mean, you can look at, for example, Walmart. You can look at somebody like a Sam Walton, who used to go around whenever there'd be an opening in the stores, he'd be there. And there yeah. was a particular quality that he wanted. Now, he was the owner of it, but the, the fact is, uh, you know, once he was gone, people, there's a lot of people say, well, okay, Walmart number was never the same after he was gone because his fingerprints weren't on it. Right. Not, don't take it to that level, but the level of the people in management and there may be a number and I'm just using the restaurant as an example, right? Because that's one that's, that's hurting right now, trying to keep people. And that's something that I've notif- noticed and the ones that can keep people right now, that's key. So if you know that you've got key people, and right now they don't have contracts. Mm-hmm. I mean that's not commonplace in the restaurant industry, is it? For managers? I don't believe it no, is. No. I mean is that is that something that you will see change in the next five years? Because they talk about, you know, how are we going to attract and keep people and there seems to be no answer. Right. And that was just something that popped into my head when we were having that discussion earlier. Yeah.
0: So Outside it's, of it's an executive chef or something like that. Uh no, you, but that's, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that that kind right. of, you know, attempt to lock them in. Right,
1: cuz executive chef is the product that you produce.
0: Yes, that is that, that is the that's product, the signature right. of right. of your of your business. And it's, you know, it'll be interesting to to watch it because again, right now it's going to require it's going to require management running on all cylinders and being and and running a company that's extremely productive. There are so many holes right now in the economy. Uh, where uh, it's in talking to some friends in the trucking industry yesterday morning about how bad the economy is for trucking right now. But trucking is a necessary role. you got to have it. you got to have it. It's always going to be there in some shape or form. And right now, making a profit in the trucking industry is extremely difficult. And so you ask, well, how do we create more efficiencies i mean uh one company i talked to well we're you know we're mentoring drivers on on cost per mile because they're strictly an owner operator company so they partner with owner operators that are business owners and and you know we're going to give them every tool that we think they need uh just try and help them every way that that we can but in general there has to be a greater efficiency if we're not going to be a growing population In order to expand wealth, it's going to require that. That one person is doing the the, the work of 10 when it comes to efficiencies. And in management, you can kind of do that. That's where those roles are the ones where they're creating that and they're delegating to a large extent. But they're also watching every single thing. When we talk about cost per mile and trucking, well, every a quarter of a, tenth of a penny, in accounting in a company, is extremely important. Your profit margin, all of that, and it's tightening. You're going to have to have a a you know an A plus game. You know, we, you and I have mentioned uh, before, and I think I, you were one of the first that I heard say, companies that have been around, brands that have been around over a hundred years. It's extremely rare, and I think it's going to be even more so going forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think, it I, and I was looking at, there was research, this goes back about 10 years ago, we were yeah, talking about it, right? and it was something like, um, less than 1% of major companies are there 40 years later. Right. I think that's what it
0: right. was. And, and now, I mean, it just seems like, you know, I mean, the hottest thing is, oh, wait a minute, they weren't doing that right, they're gone. Yep. You know? And the Sam Bankman Freed thing. You know, of course there was a lot more going on than just a bad business practice. It was the, the humans that were tanking that company, uh apparently. But you look at things where the trend is, Oh my gosh, look at that company. Oh wait, they're gone.
1: Just interesting to yeah. to figure out where where the marketplace is going to go. Yeah. eight six six ninety Red Eye.
2: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
3: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
1: In Troni Radio, he is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up, the, the insanity of, of the Biden administration. I mean, it's just completely and totally insane. It went viral yesterday, the leader of Hamas. Mm. And the reporter was asking specific questions. Yeah. Well, right. oh, when you say the occupation, are you talking Gaza? No, I'm talking everything. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm talking yeah. everything. What right. do you mean? All Palestinian lands. Mm-hmm. Does that include Israel? Yes, Israel must be annihilated. I mean, he said it. Yeah, and, and, right. I mean, said this is our plan. Right. October seventh now. October seventh tomorrow. October seventh next month. October seventh forever, yeah. until they are annihilated and gone. Right. And and here's the president. Oh, we should have a pause. We should have a pause. Yeah. I mean, we we are led by a nation of complete idiots. Yes. But it's what the American people wanted. Yep. Not you, maybe. Not me. Millions voted Millions. for this.
3: top of the hour news is brought to you by house products visit houseproducts.com
2: this is red eye radio on westwood now it's red eye radio gary mcnamara and eric harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day whether you're up late or you're just starting your day Welcome to the show from the Uniden, America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
1: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, arguably one of the best basketball coaches in the history of college basketball died yesterday, uh, Mm. Bobby Knight. Yeah. I didn't know he was sick.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. You know, first thing
1: I first thing I thought was, no, he can't die. Mm. You know, I mean, it's like he's just because of the way that he that he was. Mm. Uh, I was telling you, I haven't played the audio cut for you yet, and I, I can't play it on the air because I was trying. I was going through audio cuts and it, all over Twitter. This is a classic, you know, Bobby Knight. Oh well, yeah, but there's so much profanity in it. I can't yeah. play it.
0: Yeah, but there was.
1: Great, great coaches can be controversial figures, and he was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh But there was one where he's doing the post game show, like from the <laughs> locker room. Yeah, and he's just you're watching it, going, "Well, this isn't Bob Knight. What's he? What's going on here?" He's like, "Yeah, and you know the uh, the uh, the defense uh, wasn't. Uh, you know, we really didn't play the best defense that we could have, and and you know, in our offensive." ah blankety blankety blank we blankety blank starts throwing stuff around the locker room what is the oh what is the movie that oh it's a terrible movie one of the worst not the replacements not that football movie but uh, the one uh where uh oh man they had a bunch of NFL players uh, uh in it and it was uh the b- about the small Texas college that had to replace everybody because of a huge scandal Uh, It was in the 90s. It was the early 90s. I can't Mm. think of the name of it. Mm. But uh, the one coach gets – the one coach, uh, you know, uh, thinks he has a heart attack. So And it's just indigestion, but he's in the hospital. The assistant coach takes over. And I could have swore that, you know, because I don't know when uh, Bob Knight said that. But I just – I thought of that movie when the coach – look, our defense isn't playing well and our offense. So, guys, look, we need to, you know, commit – (laughs) <laughs> hell with it you know he just went crazy and he's throwing stuff and yeah. up in the air and i just can't think of the name of the movie but mm. it was um, uh, uh it was like in the uh the 90s and they had uh you know like uh oh they had some of the great nfl players uh in it at that you know uh because i know i remember jim kelly was in it mm. uh and then they had just you know like old pittsburgh steelers and green bay packers and they played a prison team yeah, they in order to warm up they played a prison team and this they were all part of the prison uh, uh team and so but um that's what it that's you know what I uh, thought about it but the players so many of the players who played for him just would uh would do anything, you know, would do anything for him. Well, they well, just they just loved yeah. him.
0: You know, you know one he, one of the things that that really stood out about Bob Knight was the fact that and I I am not a big follower of college basketball, but Bob Knight was one of those that rose above that and made the news a lot, sometimes for the aforementioned reasons. But one thing that also stood out that people said about him was the fact that he never forgot that the players were students. Yeah. Education.
1: By the way, necessary roughness was the, oh, name of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, necessary, yeah, 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 necessary
0: roughness. Yeah, and he never forgot that they were there for an education. Yeah, and there was an emphasis on emphasis on that. Uh, in fact, even you know, I mean, in his personal life, uh, he gave a lot of money to uh, colleges to you know promote the actual education part of it. And so, you know, I think that's certainly commendable, Uh, but uh, wow, an incredible record as a coach, you know, and you look at, um, you look at those that, well, college basketball coaches, if you were to ask someone who, again, doesn't follow the game uh, very closely, but I could name Bob Knight, and that says a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, yeah, I didn't know he was sick, eighty three.
1: Yeah, neither did I.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: did Did you know that when Bob Knight was in um, when he when he was uh, uh, at Army, mm-hmm. that remember New York Giants coach Bill Parcells? Yeah. and I guess he was a Cowboys coach. Too. Cowboys
0: coach for a while. Yeah,
1: he was a part-time assistant under Knight at wow. Army.
0: Wow. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was like whoa.
1: And then they they go through the. I am reading here the coaching connections to Bobby Knight, hmm. and you just you just you've got you know his his son Steve Alford, uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas. By the way, one of the the people that has defended Bob Knight more than anyone was Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really, really did. He goes, no, this guy, you know, this, and we talked about not just basketball, but life. And, and you can call him old school because, yeah. you know, he, uh, you know, he was a kind of coach that would, that would scream at you yeah. when he thought it was necessary. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, And you can't do that today and i th- and it's maybe it's generational i don't know but even when 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 i started uh, earlier this year taking my golf lessons
0: yeah
1: and and my teacher i think was you know uh, my teachers also i think a little bit old school he would get on my case now i'm paying him for lessons and one, one time he's yeah, like yeah. i I'm, I'm like oh you know he's getting quite loud with me out here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. do- and one time he just looked at me and just said because he he explained to me the golf swing, and I, and ninety nine percent of people that play golf have the golf swing wrong. Mm-hmm. You actually you are actually coming down on the ball. Mm-hmm. It's like you are actually not trying to you know come straight and whatever. And his thing was every shot you should be hitting the ground right above the ball. And I just at times wouldn't hit it. I, he would have me out there just you know with my golf swing just without a ball hit the damn ground. Mm-hmm. I mean over and over again. Come on, mm-hmm. just to, what are you doing out here? I don't want you to come out here. I want you to go out. You just you just hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Forget about the ball. No ball. Hit the If you're not hitting the ground, you're not coming down. Right. And later on the lesson's over and and I didn't even it didn't phase me at all that he was raising his voice and yelling at me. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm an adult man just trying to be a little bit, you know, a little bit better golfer and he's yelling at me. Yeah. And right. he afterwards he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, was that a little bit too much? Sarah, I was yelling at you. And I went, it didn't faze me at all. I said, that doesn't bother me at all. I said, it made me focus on it. And I said, and, and when I, what I told him, and I wonder how many players who played for somebody like Bobby Knight thought this. I said, when you're yelling at me, in my mind how I took it was, you believe I can be a much better golfer than I even believe, mm-hmm. and so when you do that, I know you're not yelling at me just to yell at me mm-hmm. because I'm paying you, which is a little bit different yeah. than a you know because you're not really you're as a player, you're not paying that coach, right? And you're not so, supposed to be anyway. Yeah, you're not supposed <laughs> to be paying the. Guy. I mean, you as an individual aren't actually paying the coach for it, right? And and I think because. uh my golf coach had a you know background in college football and everything else mm-hmm. you know part of it is that you know if he thinks you have some amount of physical talent he wants to get the most out of you and so that's how i took it and i had a basketball coach yeah that one time i didn't box out oh my god did he ever run me in like mm-hmm. five different practices mm-hmm. and because i didn't uh, you know because i didn't follow his instructions on i never did it again and yeah. so i in today's woke world, you probably can't do it, but I never took it personally. I always, because I didn't view any of my coaches when they yelled at me as, well, they just want to be mean to me and bully me. Mm -hmm. I understood what they were trying to do, and I also thought, wow, they think I can, they have an expectation of me and and a quality that they wish to get out of me, and when you know, when I found out Bob Knight died, I was thinking of Isaiah Thomas talking about him and said, that's how he always took it. And he had nothing but wonderful things to say about, you know, uh, Bob Knight. Now, the throwing incident, and then remember, he, yeah. uh, did he, what, was it the, the one basketball player? It wasn't his son, was it? The the one the, the he they said he choked or did whatever, which really mm-hmm. ended his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is going too far. Yeah, sure. But. You know, it's – you know, I I just – I think of people from that generation. You know, I think of my parents and the discipline that we got. There was a certain expectation that they had from you that would bring out a fury in them if you were not doing it. Not because they wanted – it wasn't just because they wanted the win – they were upset because they thought you had a ton more potential than what you had mm. my father was like that you know to me at times
0: yeah right
1: you know and and uh
0: you well, know well it's, it's very, why very we get very frustrated tough. with people even that i vote for in fact yeah i if i vote for somebody and they're in office they win they get into office i want them to do the things that that i sent them there to do that i believe they're capable of doing And it's frustrating and it's happened with, I don't know, probably every person I voted for that, you know, that they have the potential to get certain things done, to accomplish certain things or to campaign a certain way. And you get frustrated when they don't, because it means that they're not going to win or they're not going to get something done. And, you know, that's it. I I always had a uh, my fond memories of teachers. Are of the teachers who required more from me. You can tell when it's a personality conflict, and I probably only had maybe one or two of those along the way. And the rest of it was teachers knowing that you can do the work, knowing that you can achieve a certain level and you're not doing it. And, you know, now as an older guy, I, I look back and go, oh, yeah, no, I get that frustration. No doubt. And I think, you know, that's, you know, that I don't know. You mentioned something in the whole, you know, woke or or um, whatever, uh, modern age of of how coaches or teachers can behave, how they motivate students. You don't have to necessarily be angry in order to motivate, but you do no, have no. to. You, you absolutely have to find that key to motivating. And so much is off the table now and and is not allowed. And when, especially with children, uh, it might apply to some in college, but, but really right, when, yeah. when you talk about kids, right. they, re- they require, they really require that kind of discipline. And again, it doesn't mean, you know, that you're going to use, uh, you know, uh, that you're going to use spanking as a technique or anything like that. It is that you're going to require more of them and you're going to stay on them until they accomplish something. And that discipline has been taken away. The ability to apply that kind of discipline has been taken away on too many levels.
1: You know, there's there's a. Different ways of coaching. You talked about you know how you would treat a college student or a professional athlete versus mm. somebody who's young. When I had my for a couple of years, and I thought I I thought I had really good success. Uh, I had an eighth grade basketball team for a couple of years. Yeah. This goes back thirty five years ago, mm. and uh, I you know the coaches were yelling and everything else. I I never I, don't, I never yelled once, right? Yeah, in practice or out of practice, because I thought okay, what they need to do now for me it was. Uh, for for me, I had to win their respect because they looked. and yeah. Said, you know, why, yeah. sh- why should we listen to you? And I said, uh, you know, pick whatever five you want, and I'll beat you guys one on. I'll beat you guys one on five. Mm-hmm. And I did mm-hmm. and, because I got a three point shot. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, they listened to me. I never had a bit of trouble the rest of the time, and I never yelled. But I would sit somebody down if they were, you know, one guy, one young, you know, kept snapping back at me. I said, you sit down. And I never had a parent problem. I never had any problem whatsoever. And I'll never forget when I told them, don't worry about the score. I'll worry about it. Just do what I tell you. And one day you're going to figure out, you know, wow, it works. They did the fast break. I can remember the moment. Fast break coming down the court, Mm -hmm. passed the ball. It was beautiful. Beautiful layup. The other team called a timeout. They came running back. They were so excited. And they they were so excited because they it got worked. they yeah. got it and something
0: it, that they had practiced and, and it and worked. it worked yeah. yeah so
1: and the other thing is when it comes to coaching techniques and again I had an eighth grade team but I just always had because my if I wasn't doing this the other things I'd love to do in my life would be a geologist or a basketball coach mm-hmm. and I always thought that as a coach that if you're losing it on the sideline all the time then your players may react the same way. Yeah. Right. And I always wanted to I, – I would always want to put out – and maybe I would change if I moved up the ranks to high school and college, whatever. Maybe it would change. Uh, but I always thought that if your team sees you out of control, then in a way it can justify you being out of control. Yeah. Right. And I wanted my players to have fun but be extremely calculated – in order to be have the fierceness you need in order to to win there's a coldness somebody said that about larry bird one time they said larry bird yeah. was just as cold as can be not in his personality right. but in the game yeah it was just boom all business yeah and and yeah. that's and and so but uh, but you cannot deny his great success that he had i mean oh, what incredible yeah. success he had three right. I think uh, three was it three or three national championships i think mm. And the number of times he was in the final four was just, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Too bad. Mm. 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max.
3: Owner-operators with authority generally have two options when it comes to sourcing freight. Brokers on the spot market or directly from the source, the shipper. As any trucker with relatively recent experience with spot freight knows, the highs of working the load boards can be really high. On the other side of that coin, however... When the market flips in favor of shippers, it can be tough to keep your business afloat working with brokers. The smallest carriers with direct customers, however, can hang on through tough times or even prosper, as long as demand for their customer's product remains at least somewhat stable. Owner-operators in it for the long haul make direct business with customers a principal goal. Owner-operator business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to overdriveonline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on this and many other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
2: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
3: Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. The IFTA tax program redistributes tax revenue to states based on your actual miles run. That's the truly cheap.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Hurley and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. One interesting thing, I mentioned Larry Bird. You know, Larry Bird actually went to Indiana and left. Didn't want to play for night. Oh. And then went to Indiana State. Hmm. It just, you know, Bird, but Bird was a different kind of fella. And it was, you yeah. know, he just, he just was, you know, he, uh, and he never, I've I've heard him talk a little bit about it. He never, I've never heard him directly go after Bob Knight, but hmm. he just said it was too coming from French lick. It was just too big.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. He felt lost there. Yeah. So. I, um, yeah, uh, it, 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 I guess it would be interesting I wonder how many stories, you know, if you if you were to put a series together. I mean, I know ESPN and, and other sports channels have done documentary things, uh, but you could probably put a mini series together about all the the greats in every league, college and professional, you know, the 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 backstories basically. And I think it would be I think it would be awesome even for people who aren't die hard sports fans
2: And join the conversation, one 90 red eye red eye radio
1: And he is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, a senior political official in the Palestinian Hamas terror organization told Lebanese Television last week that the group intends to repeat its October 7th terror attack until Israel is annihilated. The Middle East Research Institute translated the interview in it. Hamas political official Ghazi Hamad says the attacks on Israeli civilians are justified, that the cost in terms of Palestinian martyrs is worth the ultimate goal of ending Israel, and that Hamas will continue to mount such attacks. Uh, Ghazi Hamad of the Hamas Political Bureau said on October 24th uh, show on LBC TV Lebanon that Hamas is prepared to repeat the October 7th operation time and time again until Israel is annihilated. He added that Palestinians are willing to pay the price and that they are proud to sacrifice martyrs. Hamad said that Palestinians are victims of the occupation. Therefore, no one should blame them for the events of October 7th or anything else. Adding, everything we do is justified. We must teach Israel a lesson and we will do it again and again and again. There will be a second, a third, a fourth because we have a determination, the resolve and the capabilities to fight. Uh, Will we have to pay a price? Yes, we're willing to pay the price. The existence of Israel is illogical. The existence of Israel is what causes all that pain, blood, sweat, and tears. It is Israel, not us. We are victims of the occupation, period. By the way, he was asked the specific question by the anchor. When you say occupation, what do you mean? Do you mean... Gaza? Gaza. He said, no, all all lands, all Palestinian lands that are occupied uh, by Israel. And she said, does that include Israel? And he said, yes. So you're saying Israel should be annihilated? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah, uh, certainly not the first time that we have heard that. Uh In fact, going back to Iran and the former leader of Iran, Ahmadinejad, who repeatedly said that. We want to wipe Israel off the map. And they're willing to do this. And you hear now, officially, Hamas saying... Uh, Even people, because if if you talk about martyrdom, it sounds like to me, and it's very apparent by their actions, that they're creating martyrs in other Palestinians who aren't part of the attack on Israel. The collateral is part of it for them. It's by their design. When you look at Israel, they don't target civilians. They recognize there is collateral, but they don't target them. Well, Hamas, they target civilians, whether they're Israelis or Palestinians. They don't care who dies. And they're not going to stop. This is why Israel must not stop.
1: And what we said would happen from the Biden administration is exactly what happened if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks. And now, as of, uh, you know, we had uh, talked about the fact that uh, you had uh, John Kirby from the White House say two days ago, yes, a a humanitarian pause uh, would be uh, would be a. Uh, a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And then Biden also said it yesterday when heckler, a heckler in a crowd in a speech he was making uh, in response to that said, well, no, I'd be for a humanitarian pause. Yeah. Humanitarian pause is simply another way of stating ceasefire. Yep. And this is where again, you know, the, and there were more articles out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, the, the president, the white house is trying to convince israel to slow this down that's where the anti-semitism is in the white house yeah that's where it exists yep and and so you've seen the fact and then you had the vice president come out yesterday and talk about the fact of the new program to stop islamophobia in direct relation to the white house having to respond to the allegation by many of the far left in the Democratic Party that they're going to lose Muslim support because Muslims are for, these Muslims, these Muslims are for the annihilation of Israel. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the Muslims that are for the annihilation of Israel. Right. As I told you, I think it was Lan Omar who has a, uh, a uh, another Muslim woman who wishes to challenge her, stating, We don't agree with at all uh you know the annihilation of Israel and the Jews and wants to run against alan omar and and so that's the reality of what's going on and and many in the media were talking yesterday, well, this is a response. they've got to have some response because they're trying to ride the fine line. You can't ride the fine line sorry, between a Western democracy and a terrorist group whose charter specifically states the annihilation of Israel and the Jews. If you're trying to make or have uh, some type of uh, measure of equality that it's simply a difference of opinion that can be negotiated, you're an idiot or you're anti-Semitic and you agree with the terrorists. Because you cannot ride the line here. And that's what the president is attempting to do and the White House is attempting to do right now. And it's reprehensible, but not unexpected. because, Because as we know, still... The president isn't serious about stopping the
0: funding that goes to Iran, which then goes to their proxies. He could have done that from day one. He should have done that and continued the embargo on Iran, but he didn't. And you look at also the fact that we've been talking about how the radical left has always led the Democratic Party, certainly in modern times they have. And now, the true radicals are again leading the Democratic Party in their narrative. It's changing. It changed in a matter of days. And you basically now have uh, the U.S. and, uh, and a number of others globally telling Israel, you should not defend yourself. Stop defending yourself against an enemy that says we will continue October 7th over and over and over and over and over. Now, according to the Biden administration, the problem is the Israelis. That's the problem. I really don't know Because I don't expect that this is going to be over and behind us by next summer. What does the Democratic National Convention look like next summer? How radical, if it has changed, think about this. In a matter of days, you now have it, it it shifted, it pivoted and now you officially have it from the White House, Israel needs to stand down. Well, what's next? Israel is not going to listen to the U.S. They're not going to do that and likely won't change their response. They're, they're counteroffensive right now, if you look at it, uh, is, is in play and will be in play for quite some time. But what is next from the Biden administration? Are you going to send a warning? Are you going to put sanctions on Israel? Those are the questions I have in my mind because I don't know what might come from this radical behavior.
1: I really don't. And and I don't think anybody should be fooled. I, I was reading Mark Penn's column. Uh, who was an advisor to the, uh, the the Clintons where he talked about you know Hillary Clinton coming out and saying no ceasefire at all mm-hmm. and and saying that you know that both uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, and Biden both know uh, you know the seriousness of this I don't agree with Biden at all. I don't know about Hillary Clinton. And he talks about because he was in that administration that the Clintons because of when uh, the when Clinton in 2000 tried to get a deal with Arafat. Mm. That Arafat said we can't have peace if i mm-hmm. if I actually sign a peace deal to have peace, I'll be killed right. and at that point he Penn's trying to make the case that the Clintons uh you know knew about it well, Hillary Clinton isn't calling for a humanitarian pause because uh, right now she may I don't know, but that that's the key of whether they're really serious now Hillary said no cease fire and the Biden administration's been saying no cease fire but the last couple of days now. We're getting humanitarian pause, humanitarian yeah. pause, humanitarian yeah. pause, which, again, is just as another- they
0: try and soften it. Yeah,
1: right. It's, that that's softening a ceasefire. Right. Because if Biden was truly concerned, he wouldn't he would have stopped. He would have enforced the oil embargo on Iran. Right. Or he well, number one, he would have never he would have never you know, stopped it, right. what was going on in the Trump administration, because he would realize the seriousness of it. And they know it, which is why they're doing everything they can to try to disconnect Iran, even though they say, oh, no, Iran's proxies are responsible for all of this, but they never will get to the point, well, then why are, did you allow the funding of Iran if you claim you've known this all the time? Right. That question isn't asked. Right. But he writes here, Mark Penn, would those who called for uh, a ceasefire now have done so after December seventh, 1941, mm. or after 9-11? Would they have told President Lincoln during the American Civil War to accept a ceasefire that allowed slavery to stand rather than continue to fight even at the expense of more than 650,000 lives? Mm. Would we have accepted a ceasefire with Hitler that allowed him to keep France and continue the exter- to exterminate the Jews? Wars are fought for a reason, and Israel is fighting this war to end the terrorism on its borders, which snuffed out its people and sent daily rockets fire into its cities. Gaza was turned over to the Palestinian Authority in 2005, only to be taken over by Hamas and run as a terrorist enclave, using its people as human shields. Israel tolerated it for more than a decade until the brutal, shocking events of October 7th. Which can be viewed on the 46 minute video documenting the sadistic, sadistic killings of Jews from 30 nations, and that's it right there. And you already see the softening of the White House as you've seen the last couple of days. Why? They don't want to use the. They don't want to lose the far left. The squad right. is now saying, right. "You're going to lose Muslim support. You're going to lose our support. We are for the extermination of Jews." And we are a part of the Democratic Party, and you will suffer
0: if you don't have a ceasefire and tell Israel to stop it. And how far are they willing to go? How far is this administration willing to go? What do you do next? Warn Israel? What do you do next? What's the next step? Israel's not going to stop, so there has to be another response. That's even louder from the
1: administration. As was pointed out yesterday, the push from Biden to get Netanyahu out of there.
0: Right. Yeah. Hmm.
1: During a war. Uh Uh-huh. These people are just evil. They really, really are. It is tragic. 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
1: It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, what's going on? Now, James Comer saying, hey, we have the evidence. We've got the $40,000 check that came uh, from uh, James Biden and actually came from the Chinese, was laundered through a number of bank accounts and 40,000 of it ended up in Joe Biden's bank account. Whoa. Hmm. What's going on? Now, what's the defense of the Democrats? Really the same thing. Well, these are just loans. Just doesn't loans. matter whether they're loans or not. It's where the money came from.
0: Exactly.
1: It's like, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. Right. Just, but we'll get to that coming up and more.
2: is red-eye radio
1: all across america and around the planet good morning he is eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara well 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 yeah let's see what's uh going on uh from the hunter and james biden front ah president joe biden's receipt of two separate loan repayments From family members after he left the vice presidency, raises questions for the House impeachment inquiry to investigate. The Mm -hmm. questions are based on Wednesday's revelation from the House Oversight Committee chair, the James Comer uh, from James Comer, that Joe Biden received forty thousand dollars in laundered CEFc China Energy Company money in twenty seventeen, according to Comer from the account of his brother. James Biden, and sister-in-law Sarah Biden, once again in the form of a personal check labeled as a loan repayment. The discovery is the second instance that Joe Biden personally accepted a suspicious personal check from his brother, James Biden, who was involved in the Biden family's ventures. The revelation fuels concerns that Joe Biden could be compromised and further supports the impeachment inquiry for the president. For example, some of the questions, how many loans did Joe Biden provide to James Biden and when? Mm. Did Joe Biden provide loans to other family members, including his son Hunter? Uh What was the purpose of each loan? And were any executed when he was serving as vice president in the Senate? Has he continued to loan money to James Biden or any family members while president? Now, the White House's immediate response on Wednesday to Joe Biden's receipt of two separate loan repayments was to echo an article by the messenger that alleged that the loans were short-term. Mm-hmm. Ian Sams, a White House spokesperson, said Wednesday's revelation were lies and conspiracy theories. Oh. Right. The White House also maintains the first check worth 200000 was not due to a pre-existing business relationship. James Biden insisted the money was a return payment for money that Joe Biden lent him. Last week, Comer demanded Joe Biden provide applicable loan documents and IRS filings regarding the $200,000 loan repayment. James Biden claims he repaid Joe in 2018. It's certainly plausible that this uh, that this payment, where James and Sarah use funds from China, was indeed a loan repayment to Joe. Comer said, and, and that's the entire point. Doesn't matter whether it was a loan or not; it's where the money's coming from, right? But even if this forty thousand dollar check was a loan repayment from James Biden, it still shows how Joe benefited from his family cashing in on his name with money from China, no less. Duh. Yeah.
0: They're running out of excuses. They are. We said from the beginning, it's going to be about following the money. And I don't know, how many loans did James Biden take out? And is this the drip, 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 yeah. drip? I mean,
1: because you and I were well, talking about that. We were talking about this last week when the yeah. two hundred thousand dollar. And I said, "Well, they may want to drip, drip, drip this thing, or uh, you know, or turn the faucet up. Maybe it's not a drip, drip, drip mm-hmm. that you would uh, have for your faucets uh, if it got very cold outside. Uh, but uh, maybe it's flowing a little bit faster uh, than that because each and every time." Because they're using the same excuse they used last time, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. What well, was a loan repayment? Yeah, but it just shows that James Biden was then then because he owed his brother money at least twice, once from AmeriCorps, the healthcare company
5: mm-hmm.
1: that they were promising they would uh, they would fund them and give them additional capital, arrange the capital because of his associations with. Joe Biden, right. this is in the bankruptcy filing right. of of the, was it AmeriCorps, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Ameri- what was the other, what was that, what was the uh, the volunteer thing? Wasn't that AmeriCorps or something, too?
0: Job Corps. Job Corps. There's Corps something Ameri-
1: When I say AmeriCorps, yeah. it like relates it does, to something I, else. I, yeah, that it,
0: I, I think it was spelled different. Okay. This AmeriCorps is C-O-R-E, and I think the other one was C-O-R-P. Ah,
1: yeah. Oh, ah, OK. Yeah. Very. Thank you. Yeah. You've just answered that question. All for right. Me. There you go. And and so uh, the, the bankruptcy filing said, no, this is the you know, we you know, we gave this money to to uh, James Biden because he said he could get us capital from Middle Eastern sources because of his relationship with his brother. And the money never came, right. which is one of the reasons they filed bankruptcy. Right. And James Biden saying, "Well, I was just paying back the loan to my brother, mm-hmm. and then the thing was there." Well, that's not a foreign entity, AmeriCorps. That's a healthcare company. Uh-huh. So now, what comes out a couple of days later is, "Okay, here's the foreign, here's the foreign nation."
0: Yeah,
1: right. Connect the dots. Right from the China energy company, <sighs> which, as we all know, ties to the. Chinese Communist Party at that point, which then brings up, is Joe Biden compromised now? Did he make the deal so he would do something if he became president? That's where the compromise or the perception of compromise comes in when you do things like this.
0: Let's say the Chinese wanted to, I don't know, send a spy balloon. I'm, I'm reaching, I know. Just bear with me. But let's imagine. That Swalwell's girlfriend says, hey, tell Joe we're going to send a balloon over Montana and that he can't do anything about it. And we have 40,000 reasons as to why he can't do anything about it. Just reaching here. I know it's people don't Mm -hmm. like that, but just as an example of something that might happen.
1: Because what, what one of the things that Comer said about the 200000 yeah, he said James, uh, we, the bank records that they know, uh, not <laughs> James Biden didn't have the money to repay him. Right. So if these are short-term loans, James Biden didn't have the money. Right. He had to go to AmeriCorps to get that money mm-hmm. by telling them either a lie, either it's the entire family is involved with the illusion of saying yeah. that the illusion of influence that Joe Biden would do all these things for you yeah. across the board with 20 million 20 to 30 40 million dollars whatever it is and setting up all the LLCs and all the different bank accounts and it was all a scam on all of these international players and foreign governments that my brother's going to do something for you and they the family set up everything and Joe was just being kind to Joe and loaning everybody money because that's the point now okay you're loaning people money you claim you're lo- show us you know show us the actual transfer of of that right because apparently Comer's saying he doesn't have that now initially the white house or it was goldman i think said well they've got they've got you know they're just uh, cherry picking the checks that they're showing they're not showing that Joe actually did loan them the money, right? And Comer is claiming he doesn't have. He it. doesn't have it. He doesn't we, have we it. We wondered
0: that at the time right. when and, Goldman and, made that claim,
1: right? And and they and they wanted from they wanted from Joe Biden to show us that you actually made this loan, but it really doesn't make a difference because you are making loans apparently to your brother who can't pay it back, who can only pay it back through dealing and promising foreign governments and foreign entities. And companies, AmeriCorps, whatever, yeah. that he could use his brother's influence if you give him money so he can pay back the loans to Joe. Right. That isn't exactly a great defense because that's the defense they're using right now. Yeah,
0: no, it's horrible. And I think on the drip, drip, drip uh, front, I think it's interesting because that would be, uh, I think, an effective tactic. Think about this. If you've got something, right, if uh, you got a number of items here, uh whatever they might be uh, but but proof of payment between James and and the president on in a number of uh in a number of cases you float the first one out the 200 thousand AmeriCorps and you line that out and then you wait for the response and the response was it was loan love is love he loves his brother love is love then you throw you you throw out the forty thousand. Oh, yep. Uh, uh, another loan, double love, double. See how much he loves him. He loves them even more. See, and how often can you get away with that? And that's that's it. Is that that excuse was weak from the beginning for anybody paying attention? It doesn't fly, and it doesn't fly with the American people, and that's. What we talk about when we talk about influence peddling and everything else, and you've said it multiple times, it's one of the major things that people absolutely won't tolerate. And it, when makes, you you, see the, it makes you wonder. You see the
1: polling on Menendez. Mm. The polling on the senator Menendez for yeah. his for for his influence peddling bribes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a, oh, equal. Democrats want him out. Republicans want him out. Yeah, that's right. something that people still object to. Right is influence peddling, influence peddling slash
0: uh, uh,
1: bribes. Right. They, they still right. care about that tremendously.
0: Right. And those, you know, so if, if Comer, uh, if Oversight has more items, you kind of let them, you basically, you put this one out here, you let them respond and see what the narrative is. Let the media go back and forth you know, and see what the response is. And the response is always going to be weak, and you know it's going to be weak. It doesn't stand up. And then you throw the other one out there and then let them respond again. And the because I've been saying this for a while, the White House really doesn't know what oversight has that they haven't already divulged. They don't know. That's why, you know, there there really can't be a defense until something is put out there. And so you put it out there, let them react. You put the next stage out there, let them react. And you see how their excuses are, where they're just basically, their story, their lies are evolving, as lies often do. That's one of the very basics of criminal investigation, is you're asking the person repeatedly the same question over a period of time and as their story changes you see that they're lying and there's another problem
1: that the biden that uh, joe biden has and we'll get to that Mm. next 866-90-RED-EYE
2: get in touch with red eye radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE
1: our Radio, he's Eric Hurling, and I'm Gary McNamara. Here's the big problem that right. Joe Biden has.
0: All right. Just
1: one. Well, you know, we talk about with the loan, but what is the allegation from Comer? It's mm-hmm. not just that he received 40000 dollars There was a loan, it's that it was laundered. And yeah. how they're saying it was laundered is that if Joe if Joe Biden lent James Biden money, then simply the money would come from whatever source into his bank account and he would immediately send it from his bank account to Joe's bank account right that's not what happened it went through a number i don't know the number but it went through a number this is what comer's claiming the money was funneled through that that uh, uh whatever you want to call it the uh, the uh, the number of bank accounts and llcs before oh. It came back to James and then went to Joe.
0: Whoa. There. Oh, whoa. Okay. That's the, that, and so. And, and we, we, you and I have been kind of, you know, thinking that if you're setting something up like that and you set up all those LLCs and those accounts attached to those LLCs, it is about hiding money. It's, it's about laundering money, but if you send it through the entire series of those accounts. Before it gets to Joe, that's the attempt. The attempt is clearly to keep that separated from Joe.
1: And if I understand it, it went went from CEFC through the number of bank accounts, then to James, and then he. So it came from an account or it came from a a company that was not related to CEFC. So you're hiding the China connection at that point. So the money then goes to Joe from that point and the whole point is to hide originally where that money came from, right. which was the Chinese energy company. Nobody has really talked about that well on the from the defense of Joe Biden's and, side.
0: And that's where you set up all these, you know, accounts that are attached to family members because, well, it was just a loan. Right. You know, the final step is that family member then sends it to Joe. Well that that's just a loan. Where did the money come from? And now we're learning. Wow.
1: And that's the real, that's the problem, because at that point, the public will say, why were you hiding the money? Right. Why were you laundering the money? Yeah. Because you were trying to hide where it
0: came from. Right.
1: Now, I don't know specifically whether they initially gave it to James Biden and then he put the 40,000 through that whole thing hmm. or, you know, uh, because, and you know, cause that might be what it is. The C- the China Corp company sent it. It might, it might be that they either funneled it through the accounts to James Biden, or they originally sent the check to James Biden. And then James Biden took a significant amount of that money, moved it through the set of bank accounts and, and, uh, and, uh, LLCs, Which then, that came back to him, and then he took that and gave that to Joe Biden. Right. And at that point, that that system only exists, The fake corporations only exist to hide the original source of the money. Exactly. That's the problem that the Democrats, I don't care, you know, Goldman, you better shut up tomorrow on it because you've already done enough to hurt Joe Biden. Yeah, exactly. That's Representative Goldman, that every time he opens opens his his mouth, it's like, well, you know, that hurts him it doesn't
0: yeah, right. help him do you you're realize not, you're that? not you helping to, at all
1: you need you need to you need to shut up
0: yeah stop talking now yeah. uh, but you look at that and as things start to come together it's exactly what you and i've been saying this is not a clinton-esque type scheme this is a biden-esque and is. uh as many levels as there might be in the setup of those LLCs and those bank accounts, it's not really overly sophisticated. And the reason is, is because you can track that money.
1: Yeah, here it is. Um, the alleged repayment was sent after funds filtered from Northern International Capital, a Chinese company affiliated with CEFC through several accounts related to Hunter Biden and eventually down to the personal account shared by James and Sarah Biden. The committee says a series of payments establishes a direct benefit Biden received from his family business dealings, despite Biden's claims that uh, he had not uh, been uh, been uh, involved. Now, Comer said it all began with the shakedown in the summer of 2017 when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CFE, uh, CFE fc associate demanding a 10 million dollar capital payment remember that yeah comer yeah. explains in the new video posted on x as hunter biden uh, extorted his associate hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money the extortion scheme worked remember when joe biden told the american people that his son didn't make any money from china comer continued well not only did he lie about his son hunter making money in china but it also turns out that the forty thousand dollars in laundered china money going through all those different bank accounts when it didn't need to do that right landed on joe biden's bank account in the form of a personal check that's the problem
0: yeah wow
2: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. And now, the politics of all of this, as we have stated, you know, and, and the uh, the defense of uh, Biden now with the two checks that have come out, mm. have been pitiful. Yeah, you know, you notice that Really, there is no there is no coordinated effort to defend him. Mm. The White House will say, "Well, it's all a conspiracy theory." Oh, so the check doesn't exist. They're lying about the check. Huh? Yeah. Right. Well, we all know that's not true. Yeah. Uh because that would be too easy to disprove. Right. And and so that doesn't that doesn't work. And then the other thing is, well, Joe Biden is just a wonderful human being lending money to his relatives. It doesn't matter. That's not even relevant to the issue at all and the and the possible influence peddling. Uh or whatever crimes may be involved in there. But the fact is, as I've said, when it doesn't matter whether Joe Biden lent everybody money. It's mm-hmm. where they got the money to pay him back. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. matter whether uh that it doesn't matter whether Joe Biden got uh made a forty thousand dollar profit or got forty thousand dollars back that he was owed it's what was it influence peddling? That's the only question. Right. And and so the defense that they're bringing up just doesn't work at all. And so I'm wondering because you and I had this discussion a couple of days ago, you know, are they going to come out with all of it now or do they want it to be drip, 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 drip and mm-hmm. and then have the response and and basically leave the Democratic Party defenseless? Because right now there is no defense of, on Joe Biden because any defense you look at it, you go, well, that doesn't even apply to it. That, that, that's got nothing to do, you know, with whether it was, you know, illegal, influence peddling, legal or illegal. Yeah, It's the fact that, you know, Joe Biden has lied consistently. His son didn't make money money off of China. We know that's false now. Right. Because he said that, remember, he said that at the debate yep. with Trump. Right. Absolutely. He made no money off China. That was a lie. Every single thing up to right now from Joe Biden has been a lie. Yes. That's why yes. the American public, that's why you're getting numbers close to 70% that believe he did something, you know, I- illegal or um unethical. Right. Right. That's why the numbers right. are growing every day. Right. Right. And and this doesn't help. And to say, well, it was a loan, well people are, aren't stupid. Well, okay, so he loaned his family money, then he got the money back. So he avoided a loss because on
0: one end, you get a
1: profit. On the other end, you avoid a loss. Still the same thing. Still the same thing.
0: Yeah, especially a loan to a family member. Uh, Most will tell you, if you ever lend money to a close friend or family member, just consider that money to be gone.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get
0: repaid. But he got his money back one way or the other. Uh, right. That was a gain for him. Well, where
1: he got his money back mm-hmm. was the where he got his money back, and and nobody's debating this. they won't talk about it. But nobody's actually debating it. He got his money back through the at at the minimum the illusion of influence peddling. So yeah, then right. you're to believe yeah. that over a decade period that his family was continually trying to sell influence to Joe Biden that all of these entities never got mm-hmm. and it continued all the time this big scam but Joe knew nothing about it whatsoever right that it was his entire family uh was because as if this was my family let's say i knew nothing about it mm. Okay. let's say I didn't know that. Let's say my family decided to to have the influence, the illusion of influence on me because I'm so influential. Yes, of course. Yes. And and let's say that for could you imagine if you found out your family was doing that to you? Hmm. Right. That your family. Because what what there's what the, the defense is, Joe knew nothing about it. It was his entire family using Joe Biden And the question is, are they still using him today? (laughs) That that, that would be the question. (laughs) But for over, you know, what, since 2010, 13 years? Yeah. So at least for 13 years, his entire family uh, became an enterprise Hmm. to make money off Joe Biden by not telling Joe, but going out to foreign governments, foreign entities... And telling them, Joe, we're the relatives of Joe, and Joe can do things for you. And everybody in the family knew about it. Everybody in the family created all this network of bank accounts and fake corporations to move the money around. And they all did it so Joe wouldn't know. Yeah. And you're not angry at your family for doing something like that? Right. There's no anger at all. No, that's because he just loves his entire family. That's a very tough that's a very tough defense to sell anybody, which is why he hasn't been able to sell anybody on it.
0: Well, and and that's what it comes down to is the the fact that every excuse is weak, which again, you know, if you think about it, it would be a a very good tactic for oversight to release these things one after the other and give time in between a few days in between so that you can let the excuse making go, go, go wild again. I'm convinced Biden and the Democrats really don't know what oversight has. And so they're having to react to it as it surfaces. And as they react to it, then now you've got a series of lies, and ev- they try every excuse in the book. Well, it's not working. It's weak, and it doesn't add up. You know, the, the whole thing of uh, the family was just using them, and they, they were doing this, and he didn't know. You're telling me all of a sudden his brother comes up with 200 grand to repay a loan, supposedly, and Joe doesn't say, Man, you were just hurting for money. Where'd you get 200 grand? Yeah. Where'd you get 40 grand? where are you coming up with all this money? See, it it doesn't all of these things are weak because they're lies. And and
1: and by the way, what what we're our benchmark is using the defense of the Biden family. Exactly. You know, we're not even we're not even using we're not even using the allegations that Comer is making based on all the information he has. We're saying this is their defense, which means this is what they're trying to defend. This is what the Biden family is trying to sell you. And so when the Biden defense is incredible, forget about the allegations. If you look at the Republicans as the prosecution, forget about that. Think about the defense that the Biden family is give you gives you mm-hmm. and judge you by that, and that doesn't hold water.
0: No, none of it does.
1: None of it adds up.
0: No. And you and and if if Comer and and Oversight has uh, and and they will, they'll have more evidence. But as they release more and more evidence, it will just poke holes in in all of it,
1: and. You know, b- believe me, uh, this is all part of, you know, they they want to damage Joe Biden as much as possible. And as I've said, I don't believe that they'll ever impeach him. They don't think it'll get to that particular point. Right. But they want it to keep building and building and building and building and building on this. And just to give you, you know, we talk about the politics of all of this. They want him to be he's damaged goods already. Mm-hmm. I mean, his polling numbers are just horrible. Right. And and you know everything that's going on right now with with Israel he looks horribly weak mm-hmm. so he looks horribly weak with Israel he looks horribly weak on on this scandal he looks horribly weak on the border he looks horribly weak on inflation i was reading uh, another i was reading another liberal writing well you know the the fact is they can't sell the economy because they're not selling it the right way what joe needs to do is go out and say we're going to lower prescription prices even more and then that's how you promote that the economy is good but the for the problem is you know people aren't able to see that the inflation reduction act has just made this economy go through the roof and that the the uh you know the all the money going to uh evs and going to i mean the, the democrats and the writers the the media is delusional right now oh yeah because yeah. they're throwing out stuff going what are you nuts right well no because young people young people want prescriptions to be lower well who doesn't right Who doesn't want everything to be lower? Right. But the fact is, the majority of young people aren't on tons of prescriptions, so that's not a selling point. Right. Older people, yes, you may be able to get that with older people who naturally are on more prescriptions. Mm -hmm. But it's also, how do you lower them? Are you lowering it in the marketplace or are you simply subsidizing it and borrowing it, which causes more inflation? Right. And so but and so you see everybody is delusional here, even in their defense. I'm laughing at the defense of Biden right now, especially on the economy. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't the people see it? Because the Inflation Reduction Act is so wonderful. People don't. (laughs) Number one, the White House finally had to admit and the Democrats had to admit, well, the Inflation Reduction Act was actually not about lowering inflation. It was about our agenda. Oh, so you li- climate change. So you lied. Yeah. So you lied. And that's the first thing people know. You lied about that. But I just want to play this real quick. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it's a ad that the RNC put out. Okay. Uh, about, uh, you know, the the cognitive problems that Joe Biden is having. Yeah. And these are the things. And you're wondering, okay, how do you put it out? How do you put that out without sounding mean? And they simply play the audio cuts and listen to the music behind yeah. this. Yeah. Because I heard the music and I went, oh, my gosh, they probably said... What's the proper tone to put behind an ad like this? So here you go.
3: But the nature not when the political coverage that,
5: look, um, some of the political players and some of the Let me ask a rhetorical question.
3: No, Anyway. Can you talk about the
0: impact of
4: meeting the survivors and first responders?
3: That's all first. Look, I, I spent an hour and a half about 17 or 18 before, and I not how to say this.
4: Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost,
0: I've spoken. Our defense department says it's highly unlikely that Israelis have really a different footprint and
1: intercept us anyway, anyway. And it just goes, continues to go on. With that, and I believe me, that's going to come out next year. You're going to see PACs running that like crazy, stuff like that, like crazy, saying he doesn't have the cognitive ability to be president of the United States. And it's extremely effective. But what I was interested in was the music that they were first playing in it. Yeah, like, okay, they're not bashing him, they're just sort of playing the ad without a voice, you know, not even a voice saying cognitive decline. And they may use a voice in a political ad because they would have to, uh, uh, you know, next year do that but that think about that and think about what they're going to know uh 6 7 months from now about everything with uh the uh, the Biden enterprise so right, that right. the border this you the republicans uh, i'm telling you the republicans if they run the right ads should do very well in 2024
0: yeah that that one piece you just played is is going to move some numbers that's going to shift things that kind of ad is going to shift things because it's one thing for fox news to play a clip or to hear a clip here and there when you when you see it when you listen to it especially a moment in its entirety and it's over and over and over again by the way, they'll have plenty of these ads. Oh, they'll yeah. have new material for ads all the time.
1: I, I actually don't think they had the best, the, the, the worst material. I, I was going to say the best, there's, worst, there's a material. lot yeah.
0: more they could use.
1: 866
2: yep. Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
1: Hey, it's Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, this uh, this story didn't get much uh, publicity at all. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it coming up uh, in the top of the hour. from Politico. Judge floats delay of Trump's classified documents trial till after the election. Floats that possibility.
0: Hmm. So
1: we will get to that. That seemed to get no news yesterday.
0: Yeah, right. that's a huge. That's a big, big move. If that's, That's if if it ends up being delayed until after the election, that will be massive.
2: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
1: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. So I went to the dentist yesterday, and I know you're going, well, we really don't care about what's in your mouth. That's did, not the point.
0: You drop your teeth off, teeth off to get cleaned? Or yes. I, <laughs>
1: get back I went, in two I,
0: hours. I went in and dropped them in the glass. There you go, yeah. <laughs> See you guys in a couple hours. Light starch.
1: <laughs> Could you do, give it a, a double bleach? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you give me... He doesn't they're not the Biden's teeth aren't chiclets anymore, are they?
0: No, remember, they are not.
1: Remember when he debated with uh Paul Ryan? Yeah. Remember how
0: well they had to adjust all the cameras? I mean
1: just like what, what did he do? Yeah, <laughs> like took bleach. Whoa. <laughs> but uh the my my dentist office a few years ago moved into this huge complex of buildings. Yeah. There's probably, and they're all, they look like they're all attached. There's probably five buildings there. Wow. And, uh, and there's an underground garage, and there's a huge parking lot. Mm. Well, since, uh, you know, I, I go every six months. As you're supposed to go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. And when COVID started, I mean, everything changed. I mean, the parking lot was completely empty. Yeah. There was a dentist office on the second floor. Mm. Everything else, everything else. Nobody, you know, the parking garage there, nobody in the parking garage. Yeah. Nobody. there. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. Well, I went six months ago and still, you know, I was like, wow, a lot of people still, I even mean, it was a little bit more crowded. I went yesterday. The parking lot was absolutely jammed. Mm. I, I had a, I couldn't believe I'd never had to park that far away no. uh, to walk to the dentist and the entire parking garage. Cars, as far as you can see. I mean, yeah. that's really where the employees, a lot of the employees are. But uh, it was just unbelievable. Uh, and I walk in and there's people everywhere. Yeah. And I went, okay, they didn't rent out the, all this commercial space. In the last six months, they told people, you got to come back to work. It is time
0: to get back to work. And, and a lot of that is it has been in play and, and companies really aren't changing. Uh, there are very few exceptions to that. Because it, uh, it it became very clear to a lot of companies, our best creativity and and innovative setting is going to be here in the office. But beyond that, there's some proprietary issues with people working off-site. When you're working off-campus, uh, depending on what you're working on, uh, but if you're in design for a company, let's say you're an engineer and you're into design, there are things that... You certainly don't want your competition uh, to get hold of. A friend of mine is the chief engineer for uh, a, a large uh, OEM big rig maker. And I learned that early on. I mean, one of the things about going to see him at his office is there are parts of that building I can't go in. I can't see that. And we've we've seen that with OEMs, with automakers, you know, when they're test driving things and everything else. Um, The, the proprietary issues now are even greater. The sensitivity is greater because hackers are so absolutely uh, relentless. And even if it's not about getting um, that technology, or, or information. It's about also hacking and putting ransomware, you know, on on a company computer, which may be a laptop that that person is using in their home. So it becomes very sensitive. But ultimately, it, it is productivity. It, it, it's about that innovation, and they realize that the collaboration between colleagues. It it has to be that type of relationship and and absolutely most cases 99% of cases you're not going to get that when they're all in separate areas mm-hmm. you you bring them together in that one building in that one office for a reason and even if you're not a innovation company that there is still innovation there is creativity in terms of implementing new policy uh, and, you know, putting new business practices together uh, and coming up with with ideas to make the company more efficient. There's really no way around that, and much to the chagrin of, of, of people who really got spoiled from working at home. And I get it. Some people were told, well, it's going to be the new normal working from home. And they were told that for a year, year and a half, and then back to work. You know, they changed their life based on it. Um, but that's not going to be the case going forward.
1: The other thing that was weird was just, uh, and I believe six months ago, I just, I went in, I just walked in, but you know, they had the policy for such a long time. It's just, it was weird still because I'm used to, you know, showing up at the dentist office because you go once every six months. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm so used to, Calling them from the parking lot when I get there, hmm. because they weren't using the waiting room because of COVID, hmm. and so you had a call, and then when it was ready, then you walk. You had to put on your mask and walk up.
0: Oh wow, yeah,
1: <laughs> and it was just so weird pulling in with this huge full parking lot, and then it was like, oh okay, I can just walk in, and yeah, everything is, every everything is back to normal. That was the good thing. Uh you don't want to know my like my tartar report or anything do you I mean
0: no, I thought we'd do that in the next segment, okay, just want to make sure, yeah, yeah, it's take more time with it, you know the only thing the only thing that got me is
1: you know what I hate most in the dentist office, not even the you know they've got such great pain management now, mm-hmm.
0: but even the the, the payment <laughs>
1: Well, I'll say this that just knowing what I had you know to pay you know we have the dental insurance and everything else you know inflation has hit the dentist industry Oh yeah it really has it yeah. has hit the dentist yeah. industry that's a great mm-hmm. point
0: Yeah no it, it has uh,
1: but the worst thing is is getting you know the 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 x-rays and it's not that uh, you know because of, they have got the new low-level x-rays. I'm not even worried about that. Mm-hmm. It's the thing they put in your mouth that is so uncomfortable. You know, yeah, that get, you have to
0: bite down on. <laughs> it's just
1: I hate that yeah. I can I, – it just doesn't – I've got a weird-shaped mouth. And it's like you're sitting there holding it in your mouth, and they got the x-ray, th- you know, the machine right there. Mm-hmm. And just before, she goes, okay, I'm going to take it. As so she walks away, the whole contraption in your mouth moves. Yeah. And it's like – You hear the thing go off, mm-hmm. and it's like – yeah, got to do it again. Got to do it again. Got to do it again. I apparently I have a weird shaped mouth. Mm. Yeah, I have, but what they call this is weird, and and you know, I had and it stopped growing. But at the time of my life, I had benign bone growth that's that yeah. is rare, but people have it. Yeah, uh, that completely makes it that my mouth is misshaped compared to like ninety five percent of the other mouths. Yeah, which yeah. apparently gives me extra ability to do this. All right, yeah, I, I it's made a
0: superpower. The... All
1: right, I made that up. It's practically
0: it... <laughs> a superpower.
1: I made that up, at it's not. Yeah. Good.
0: Then and then after the X-ray, the dentist comes in and oh, look, it appears you got some damage to your gums. We're gonna have to take care of that. <laughs> yeah, it just happened, <laughs> just now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I
1: love. I actually love going to my dentist. My dentist and I
0: are dentist. are longtime friends because. <laughs> I, out of love in my heart, paid for his children's college (laughs) and cars and mortgages. But we're (laughs) we're such good friends. They set extra time aside when I make an appointment. He tells them that. If he calls and makes an appointment, just know that we're going to sit and talk for a while. (laughs) Now, during COVID, there was more time. Because people, a lot of people just quit coming in just as a matter of their own personal practice. They didn't come in as often. And they weren't open every day. They were only open a few days a week. Yeah. And that, that went back to normal the beginning of mm, last year, uh, maybe a few months into last year. But, yeah, we we will sit and talk and get caught up, you know, on a number of things and just talk about all the crazy stuff going on in the world. Uh, But uh, it's always a pleasant experience, even though my doctor's last name is Payne. (laughs) My dentist's last name is Payne. Dr. Payne. Dr. Payne. Well,
1: Well, it's uh, uh, interesting because uh, uh, I didn't really, I just saw the dentist for a couple of minutes, but uh, she's been my dentist for about 13 years. And she's the, basically the protege of my dentist before that, Mm. who actually went into You know, they've got the dentistry and they have the sleep sleep therapy section. Mm -hmm. So because I work overnight, if he's there, oh, man, I have to hear it from. Mm -hmm. So are you sleeping right? It's like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. But to just show you the type of relationship. That I have with my dentist when when um, I had to get an implant a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was during covid. But we're in there, and and I said, oh, because it's an implant. I went, oh, so you got to put me out completely, right? Anesthesia? She goes, no, mm-hmm. we can just do it. I go, you can do implants. She goes, oh yeah, we get do it with the, I guess it's lidocaine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you no, you can you can get it done. You can drive home.
0: Yeah, they really? put me under every time.
1: Yeah, she didn't. She didn't. Yeah. She said and she goes, I can put
0: you under now. Did you have bone grafts or anything like that?
1: Yeah, where they yeah where they could put the bone graft in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and they drilled into my jaw.
0: Yeah, and yeah. this is a I love being put out because I I'm out and then all of a sudden I'm awake and we're going home. I just I, I love I, it. I just like. Uh, let's put it this way:
1: she's got the drill in my jaw, mm-hmm. drilling. Yeah, and I have to stop myself from laughing because she said something.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm laughing. I'm going, oh my god, she's going to make a mistake. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's how comfortable I am in the dentist. Yeah. With my dentist. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, when you can actually say that, you go, well, it's not going to get worse than that because you got the, you know, the lower uh, molar the, yeah. and, and you, you've got to get, you know, an implant for that. They're drilling into your jawbone. Yeah. And then, yeah. then, the, then the, the graph was nothing. That's just they just that seems mm. to be that wasn't. I've bad never,
0: ever been nervous at a dentist.
1: Oh, my blood pressure spikes. I have red coats yeah. or red coat, coat. <laughs> red coat. No. Yeah. That was the revolutionary.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, difference.
1: No, I have white coat syndrome. Yeah. Uh, if I go into my doctor, even today I went in and I wasn't nervous at all, but I said, take it. It's, I know it's going to be high. And it was high. And then 15 minutes later, you take it again and it's fine. Yeah. But mine shoots up, you know, it just, it shoots up. I think today it was uh one forty five. Over 93. Yeah. And before I went, when I woke up, it was like 116 over 62.
0: The (laughs) only time I developed white coat was I had to go to a monthly treatment for my eye. I had a branch vein occlusion that caused a blind spot. And the remedy for that is a monthly injection, a needle, into your eyeball. Ah. And they don't put you asleep for that. Ah. Yeah. It's the only time I had white coat.
1: I would have rather talked about my tartar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: Or lack of tartar.
0: And, and of course, you're watching it all. Oh! You know, I mean, it's... Yeah. They numb the eyeball. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But you're still watching. It's crazy. Did you feel anything? No. No, you feel the... The pressure the pressure of it. Okay. you know you you know but it's it's not no no it's uh but it was crazy that that and i didn't even notice my bp had spiked during those visits and it was like okay that's definitely white coat and it
1: went away wow yeah this portion of old man radio yeah talking about all of our medical afflictions and right. our dentist and doctor appointments coming
0: up next we're going to list all of our prescriptions and we'll go through them one by one and the side effects
1: brought to you by joe Namath and <laughs> medicare advantage oh all, all the all the side let's talk side effects 86690, <laughs> right, let's talk about the most pain you've ever felt right
0: that's yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and we'll laugh about it Eight, six no, i am six, six ninety red eye Brought to you by Hotshot Secret.
4: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance safety accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better. So carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
2: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. This is interesting because it got no play yesterday. Mm. Maybe I missed it. Okay. Because... I was in the dentist chair, All right. uh, but a federal judge in Florida is considering delaying Donald Trump's upcoming trial on uh, charges on, on the classified document uh, charges and obstructed the government's attempts to retrieve them. Now, this comes from Politico, the liberal publication. Yeah, the trial is slated to begin on May 20th, but Trump wants it postponed until after the 2024 election. If he wins the election, he could likely shut down the case as president, which he could. Yeah, he could. I'm just having a, the judge said, uh, I'm having a quote, I'm having a hard time seeing how realistically this can, this work can be accomplished in this compressed period of time, given the realities that we're facing, the judge said on Wednesday. Uh, Judge Cannon made no immediate ruling on Trump's bid for a postponement, but she sounded highly skeptical of claims by prosecutors that the case could be kept more or less on pace with the schedule she set in July. Aspects of that schedule, she said, are now impractical due to difficulties already encountered with sensitive documents relating to the case. Hmm. Cannon, who Trump appointed to the federal bench in 2020, said she would make reasonable adjustments to the schedule, such as deadlines for pretrial filings, but did not explicitly say she planned to delay the trial date, which prosecutors urged her to. To leave unchanged, however, any delay in the pretrial pr- proceedings would create a ripple effect that postpones the trial itself.
0: Well, there's the, uh, the judge makes an uh, interesting point um, in that you look at the sensitivity of of the evidence, what would be presented, who has clearance to see it, what. Is discovery? What's the process for discovery when it comes to the to the evidence? Because if the claim is saying, "Well, he uh, divulged the the top secrets to people who didn't have clearance, and that was part of the crime," well, now you got to present those documents and tell me who has clearance in the process. How does that work? I have no idea, but you certainly can't get it done in a few months. Yeah, you can't.
2: Democracy. If you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. And he's our Carly, and i Gary
1: McNamara. So that is, if if that judge ever moved it back till after the election, that's the best news
0: that Trump could ever have, because that is the case that carries the most risk for him. Yes, and that is a a, a huge concern. It should be a huge concern, but I don't know how you rush something like that because the process itself you're going to have i and and i don't have the answers i i'm you know just asking how do you have clearance for individuals who need to review the evidence if these are the nation's top secrets that's the allegation the nation's top secrets the very nature of those documents has to be divulged to people who don't have clearance. And then, as Trump's lawyer said, he
1: goes, the the, uh, the different uh, trials are interfering with each other. Yeah. That goes, the mm-hmm. during Wednesday's court uh, a hearing, which stretched to more than an hour and a half, there was almost no mention of the political calendar and no mention at all about the potential impact that his candidacy could have on his long-term criminal jeopardy. Instead, Trump's lawyers argued that they need a delay in the documents case because preparations for it will clash with the federal election case, which is slated to go on trial on March 4th and could last several months. Hmm. Trump's indictment in the elections case, which came days after Cannon set her initial timeline for the document case, completely disrupted everything about the schedule your honor set, Trump lawyer uh, told Cannon. Another Trump lawyer uh personified the crunch the former president's attorneys are facing, phoning into a hearing from a New York courthouse where Trump is undergoing the civil trial targeting his business empire. It's very difficult to be trying to work with a client in one trial and simultaneously try to prepare for a client in another trial. His lawyer said this has been a struggle and a challenge.
0: Yeah, uh... I don't I, I guess I I'd, I'd question how much any any of the judges in any of the cases would be concerned about that part of it. I mean, I well, get it. it the, the, the judge or the uh, the lawyers are right. Uh, my con- if I were a judge, my concern would be and, and and by the way, this also goes for the other cases. You know, if you, you talk about the the right to a speedy trial, that's that's one thing. But when prosecution is looking to rush a trial, well, there has to be time for proper discovery. And there's a mountain of evidence that's being presented in all these cases. So I don't know how you get them done before the election. And here's the other... <laughs> The point now, too, uh, you had a lot of people who thought, until recently, believed Trump needs to be the guy on the right because we want Biden to beat him. We believe Biden will beat him. <laughs> that is not the case anymore. <laughs> it's not the case no, anymore. And by the way, you see that changing, before yeah. October 7th, it started to change. And, and maybe uh, a poll or two could be outliers, but also maybe they're not. And you don't know that yet because you haven't gone through enough time to get those polls behind you to determine whether or not they are outliers. The point being is there are fewer people that seem to be convinced that he would lose in the general. And if that is a concern and and you're looking at it, this guy could be president again as of January 20th of 25. And president-elect as of election night 24. And it it comes with a whole list of concerns for courts.
1: All right. Did you see the polling? Hmm. Quinnipiac? And again, I again, I don't want to make too much of it. Yeah. You know, as as the media tends to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, the 2024 presidential race stays static in the face of major events. Mm. The Quinnipiac University National Poll finds RFK Jr. receives 22 percent as an independent candidate in a three way race. No way that holds for an election. There's no way he gets twenty-two percent if it was a three way race next year, if you didn't have Cornell West in.
0: Is there such a thing as a Camelot demographic? <laughs> That's how
1: we should run. Isn't a time we went back to Camelot? The, return, the return of Camelot.
0: JFK and Yeah.
2: Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. JFK, the first lady, the kids, you know. Yeah, did uh, the, the whole uh, on, Run through uh, the whole thing, you know? On on the boat. Yeah. Plain touch football. Yeah.
0: You know, the kid. Right. And then all, all black and, then, and white photos. Right.
1: Camelot can come back.
0: And end it with RFK Jr. doing push ups with no shirt on. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not. But, uh, that's okay. It's not nothing. Maybe it's not 22. But you know who would love to have those kind of numbers? Pretty much everybody else in the GOP field outside of Trump.
1: Yeah, but that's a general, and you're talking. I know. About
0: it. I know, but I'm I'm talking about getting to 22 at all anywhere (laughs) mike pence clearly believed he was not ever going to get to 22 in the gop field now this is i don't know if it's 22 but remember where where did he start after he announced it was double digits who rfk jr
1: yeah, it but, ten but or twelve. It, uh, it might have even been more. But you're, again, you're talking the primary versus the general election. I know that, and and I think there's a. I I think it may be comparing apples to oranges because you're you're talking about what Democrats think versus how many. Because the concern here is how many Trump supporters mm-hmm. would vote for RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. That's the key, right? Right, and and, and we've, we've talked about that right. before. And when you see it here, uh, that if it's just the two. Um, 47% support Biden, 46% uh, support Trump. Right. All right. Uh, virtually unchanged from Quinnipiac University's August and September national polls. Now, if you put in uh, the independent candidates, when the hypothetical 2024 general election matchup broadens to include uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Biden receives 39%. Trump receives 36%. Kennedy receives 22%. You really believe that that many people who would vote for Trump over Biden? Because you're talking tens of millions of people that claim they would vote for Trump now, will vote for Robert Kennedy Jr. next November. I don't buy it.
0: No, no, when, not at
1: all. When progressive activist Cornell West, who was running as an independent candidate, is added to the four-person four hypothetical 2024 general election matchup, mm. voters give Biden 36% support, Trump 35% support, Kennedy 9% support, and West 6% support. So mm. the majority of West votes come from Kennedy. Hmm. Uh, among independents, 33% in the four way race support Kennedy, 20, 30% support Trump, 27% support Biden, 8% support Cornel West.
0: He has the plurality with independents.
1: Yes. Now, here's a question, because what is the what is the correct amount in any poll that you should be giving to independents and how many independents, how many right now, Democrats, because you think about it right now, you know, you the uh, the far left is screaming, you're not going to get our support. How many people are so liberal that they don't support Biden because they believe he's compromised too much and they call themselves independent?
0: Uh, we, we, nobody's valid really- point because uh, we've, the label thing has just kind of gone out the window, whether it's yeah. conservative, liberal, uh, independent, remember libertarian, <laughs> how many liberals jumped on that? Well, actually I'm a libertarian. Yeah. No, you're not actually. Now you fit more in the libertarian party today, but you're not libertarian and that's, so that's the problem. Well, it, uh, by the way, that may be, that actually may be the very fundamental problem that pollsters have.
1: You know, I, I, I look at candidates right now, you know, you, you and I, and I will admit I said it earlier, mm-hmm. we now have a John McCain 2.0. Yeah. And it's Josh Holly. This didn't make a lot of news. Hmm. Josh Hawley wants to is going to introduce a bill to change uh, the. I can't. I can't. I've got mind blank here. The actual name of the uh, the uh, the case, Uh, Citizens United, where Josh Hawley is now. After Josh Hawley came out and said uh, that credit card companies, he's introduced his bill. For credit card companies, for the government to set the rate for credit card companies, yeah, to cap which, the
0: rate, yeah. which
1: we blasted him on, yeah, completely. And Josh Hawley, to me, is somebody what, where he's going is where I fear the Republican Party may be going, which was they will take on. I, did we play? I, I think we played a, a couple of clips of him yesterday, going after Mayorkas big time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He goes after the insane liberals, but he himself is doing things that the Republican Party has always been against because he wants to basically cap prices, cap prices on capital. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, look, credit card rates are going up because inflation is going up Mm -hmm. and the government's causing it to do it, which would be a conservative, he's out there saying the government's role is to cap credit card rates, which it is not.
0: Yeah, you're limiting the effect, the negative effect, in fact, of that, uh, irresponsible behavior by the government and you're also ensuring that those rates for everyone are going to be closer to that cap rather than having people who earn lower rates be in the mix as well. Those who are responsible can earn lower rates. Well, that wouldn't be the case if they're going to cap those rates.
1: And then Citizens United is where he's trying to make the case and he's it's not going to go anywhere. They said, it's, mm-hmm. But he's trying to He's trying to uh, position himself as the populist. Yeah. Just like McCain. Mm -hmm. McCain, basically, who said, well, unions, corporations, uh, any group of people together, any lobby, the NRA, corporations, they don't have free speech rights. Because free speech rights are only for individuals. They don't apply when a group of people get together. Right. And he's trying to play the same game that okay, I'm going to crack down on these corporations, these evil corporations for their credit card rates, and these evil corporations shouldn't be able to promote their evil philosophies. Mm -hmm. That's as Democrat as you can get, and it comes, and I'm sure some people are shocked because I believe Josh Hawley is quite effective in attacking the insane Democrats, but what he is proposing here is where I I. You and I have talked about this. The mm-hmm. populism mm-hmm. that is starting to grow and may have grown a lot more than we've ever wanted to. Because the popula—the populism yeah. is simply somebody claiming I'm a conservative. But I know how to have government control industry in the way that I believe they should control industry to make them serve you better. Yeah, It's just a different type of liberalism. Yeah, it is.
0: And it, again, is... It, 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 that government is the answer. Uh, that government can change things. Government can be right. your hero. So if he's doing that and he's viewed as a conservative, and those are
1: not conservative points at all,
0: where's the party?
1: Then, where, then what defines a Republican? What defines a Democrat? Right. What defines an independent? Right. And we really haven't investigated that. And the pollsters, I don't believe, have really investigated that.
0: How fractured might yeah. might it be right now?
1: Eight six six ninety red eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, yeah, I don't want to make too much of that poll that we read earlier because it's way too early, way, way too early. But I don't believe by any margin that I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everything has
0: changed. Well, but, I, but, uh, I would love to see oh. where independents end up. And if he's right. the guy, if RFK Jr. really is the guy carrying most of the weight for independence right now,
1: and and moved that many Republicans, right? I I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't see, see it.
2: This is Red Eye Radio.